Welcome to the Keos Podcast, a series dedicated to bringing you the best claims and legal insight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keos Safeguarding Matters Podcast. My name is Laura Nolan. I'm an associate and the safeguarding lead in the abuse team here at Keos. Today, Chris Wilson, who is an associate in the team, joins me and we're going to discuss the government's response to the final report by the Independent Inquiry into Child Sexual Abuse. Initially, the government stated they intended to respond within six months of the report being published, which would have been the 20th of April 2023. However, on the 20th of April, the Home Secretary advised that a response would be delayed due to the local elections in early May, which would attract media attention and detract from the importance of the recommendations. On the 22nd of May 2023, the response was then issued. So Chris, would you like to start us off on some other responses? Hi Lorraine, yes of course. Um, The final report contained 20 recommendations and of the 20, 19 were accepted in principle. However, it should be kept in mind that at this stage, no immediate changes are to be implemented. Thanks, Chris. And I think that is important to note as many organisations might be considering what changes they need to make straight away. But actually, even though some recommendations were accepted, the response was that they were already in place in some shape or form or that there was going to be a period of consultation. Yes, exactly that. Um, And to bring some focus to today's episode, I think there are probably a number of recommendations that we should discuss. In particular, the government's response to the inquiry's three centrepiece recommendations, which are number one, mandatory reporting, two, a national redress scheme, and three, the creation of a child protection authority and the government's response to each of these, given the importance the inquiry placed on them. So uh, let us take, uh, let us start by taking a look at the mandatory reporting. The inquiry recommended that legislation be introduced which places certain individual individuals under a statutory duty to report child sexual abuse where they receive a disclosure of child sexual abuse from a child or perpetrator, they witness a child being sexually abused, or they observe recognised indicators of child sexual abuse. So these individu- individuals would be known as mandated reporters and would include the following. Any person working in a regulated activity in relation to children under the Safeguarding and Vulnerable Groups Act 2006 as amended. Any person working in a position of trust as defined by the Sexual Offences Act 2003 as amended uh, and police officers. Yes, there have certainly been increased calls for stronger reporting duties to be imposed in relation to the reporting of abuse. And then there's also been some activity in the House of Lords with a bill being introduced to deal with this issue. Um, And that was even before the final report from the inquiry was published. So that probably does give an indication as to where the government stands on this issue. Um, But how did they formally respond? So the government accepted the recommendation and agreed to implement a mandatory reporting regime for child sexual abuse, which will be informed by a full public consultation. The first stage of this is a call for evidence and the government is seeking consultation from various individuals and groups such as those working in regulated activity, volunteers undertaking regulated activity, anyone working with children in any capacity, people working in positions of trust, police officers, local authorities, NHS trusts, those working in education settings and finally members of the public. So the government has highlighted that the following key considerations that this call for evidence can assist with, namely who the duty should apply to, whether the duty should apply to known or suspected individuals, what the consequences of failing to report should be, 
what exemptions should apply to the reporting duty and what protections will be in place for mandatory reporters. So the consultation is due to last until Monday the 14th of August this year, 2023, with a response to be published within 12 weeks of this date. Thanks, Chris. It certainly seems to be something that's being considered in full. And it will be interesting once that period has closed to consider what the views are in relation to the potential sanctions for failing to report and whether or not people felt that it should be a criminal offence and give rise to a personal fine, which is what the draft bill includes. Um, the next key recommendation was the implementation of a national redress scheme. Would you be able to tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, so the inquiry recommended that the UK government establish a single redress scheme in England and Wales, reflecting the following core elements. Number one, the scheme should be for victims and survivors of abuse that occurred in England and Wales. Two, there should be a clear connection between the abuse and an institution. Three, the scheme should apply to child sexual abuse that took place before its establishment and should be open for a period of five years. Four, the scheme should not allow an applicant to receive money twice for the same matter. And five, the scheme should make payments through a two-tier system. The first should be a fixed flat rate recognition, recognition payment. Victims and survivors who wish to provide more details and, and evidence, presumably in respect of any additional psychiatric injury or financial losses they may have suffered, could apply for a second tier payment. And finally, six, a central and local governments should fund the scheme with voluntary contributions from non-state institutions. So the government has accepted the need to introduce a redress scheme in order to acknowledge the institutional failures that led to the suffering of victims and survivors. However, the details of the scheme, including eligibility, the types of redress available, the extent of any financial component and the application process will be considered following extensive engagement, including with victims and survivors, third sector organisations, local authorities, insurers and even the lawyers and following which the proposed design of any scheme would be subject to a full public consultation. And there has been no timeline proposed in relation to this. Right. So um, unlike the response on mandatory reporting that seems to have such a clear timeline to work towards, this recommendation doesn't have that. So it's certainly worth keeping an eye on how the next few months proceed with this. Exactly. It's still a lot of speculation as to how any scheme might look at this stage. And the government advised that it did not want to give a false impression to victims and survivors that things will happen overnight. Um, in terms of redress generally, um, the government also accepted that it doesn't need to be financial. Um, and when it comes to apologies in claims relating to recent and non-recent abuse, and as the majority of these claims are bought in vicarious liability, um, the wording of the Compensation Act 2006 has created uncertainty, with the government previously stating that um, the focus of the Act on claims in negligence and breach of statutory duty is not intended to suggest that the provision is only of relevance to those proceedings. The government has also now confirmed it will consult on amending the Act to make it clear that apologies extend to cases relating to vicarious liability and child sexual abuse. Yes, and the, the inquiry's final centrepiece recommendation relates to the establishment of a Child Protection Authority, or CPA for short. And the purpose of the CPA would be to improve practice in child protection, provide advice and make recommendations to government in relation to child protection policy and reform to inform child protection and inspect institutions and settings as it considers necessary and proportionate. So this response has received a lot of criticism 
Whilst the government has acknowledged the need for a stronger safeguarding system and agreed with the spirit of the recommendation, it appears that they have taken the view that they are able to achieve the desired effect of the recommendation without the creation of a new body and that much of what has been recommended is already completed by several already established department departments. So the government did say that it is committed to ensuring that those existing bodies all work effectively and cohesively as possible to properly safeguard and support and protect children from harm, including child sexual abuse. Um, what was their response in relation to the linked recommendation of a cabinet level minister? Well, it probably won't come as much of a surprise that given the response on the CPA, the government advised that this role is already fulfilled through the work of the Secretary of State for Education, and there is no intention of a further separate role being created. Uh, thank you, Chris. So in summary, looking at the government's response as a whole, it would appear at first glance that most of ICSA's recommendations have been accepted in principle. However, a closer look reveals that much more is required by the government in order to add flesh to the bone. As a result, the government's response has attracted a great deal of criticism. In particular, Alexis Jay, who led the inquiry, has been pretty scathing in her criticism of the government's response, stating in a recent letter to the Times newspaper that some of the inquiry's recommendations were deemed to be accepted, when in reality they clearly are not, while others are conditional on yet more research, review or consultation. It would appear that the one firm conclusion that could be drawn from the government's response is that whilst the government wants to be seen to be acting positively in response to the inquiry's recommendation, next year's general election means that the real action is difficult. Of course, these further delays are extremely disappointing for all involved, not least given the length of time the inquiry was in place. We hope you find this podcast informative and look forward to our next episode on Keo's Safeguarding Matters. Thank you.